But this question of fear, we're all afraid of it. And there are things in relationship to this fear that you and I have to recognize, that if you trust in God and let Him be your guide and strength, you won't have that fear. And your fear is in relationship to your trust. As your faith in God gets stronger, your fear dissipates. And as your faith in God gets weaker, your fear arises. You want to have fear dissipated and removed, then you rise up and hold up the name of the living God and look to Him to undertake for you, and He will. It's our faith that brings victory. It's our faith that casts out fear and enables us to put our trust in the blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will worship the man of Galilee who went to a cross 2,000 years ago. And no one can take his place. No one will intercede or interfere. We will not permit it. And so it is we have faith without fear. Good morning to you who are visiting with us and, uh, of course, to our wonderful, supportive, always encouraging Heritage family. Uh, thank you for taking the time to join us today. My name's Glenn. I am one of the pastors here at Heritage, and we're so happy that you are with us today. So how are you doing? No, really, that's not just the pleasant, polite courteous way to begin. I mean it. How are you doing this morning? Are you struggling? It's okay. And you can admit that. Do you have questions? Maybe you feel like you have more questions than answers, and that's okay too. Our world is asking all kinds of questions. They're asking questions like, how could a good and loving God allow a global pandemic when to date over 200,000 people worldwide have died, when over 700,000 in the United States have lost their jobs, are, are unemployed. The Chicago Tribune reported last week that some economists are predicting that unemployment will reach 15%. And we ask, why, God? The U.S. corporations have been devastated. Uh, many are living today, people are living in fear, anxiety, hopelessness, and depression, not knowing what to do. We've got tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, drought, not just in our country, but around the world we're experiencing. Just in Texas last night, 173 homes were destroyed by a tornado. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why, we ask. But it's not just the world asking questions. I've got to admit that in the quiet moments, early in the morning in my own office, I sometimes wonder, where is this all going? And I'm guessing I'm not the only one who's wondering or wrestling with that question. If you stop to think about the injustice, the violence, 
the political instability, the mayhem that we see all about us, the uncertainty of when the coronavirus is over, what's next? We struggle, we doubt, we fear, we wonder. But you know, it's good to know that we're not the only ones who have ever wondered what's going on in the world around us. We're not the only ones who have wondered how all of this fits into God's plan for the future. An Old Testament prophet by the name of Habakkuk also struggled with what God is doing in the world. And not only with what God was doing, but with what God wasn't doing. My question would be, as was, or, or Habakkuk's question, how can God be holy and good and tolerate evil? How can God allow the wicked seemingly to prosper and the righteous suffer affliction? How do God's people find hope and encouragement in these difficult days? Well, the answer is found in the book of Habakkuk. The righteous person will live by his faith. The righteous person will live by his faith. You think about that with me, the righteous person. What do we mean? The righteous person is someone who knows that Jesus died in your place for your sins. And you know that when you believe on the work of Jesus on the cross for you and for me, when you receive the forgiveness for your sin, you are changed, transformed, forgiven. You become a child of God. That's the righteous person. But the righteous person must also live. He must not just know the answers in his head. He might not just know the right thing to say or, or understand, but he must live. It's not enough just to talk the talk. The righteous person must also walk the walk. And then the righteous person will live by his faith. He won't live by his knowledge. He won't live by his position, by his own power. He won't live by dependence upon the money and the stuff, our bank account or our job. He will live by his faith, his faith in the God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. The righteous person will live by his faith. Some translations read that faithfulness, and, and here in the NIV that we're using, it says that. In other words, we need to be faithful as we live our lives to God. We'll talk more about that as we move through our study together. The righteous person will live by his faith. And as we look at the book of Habakkuk over the course of these next few weeks, uh, I, I want you to understand that what we're looking at is getting from why to wow. That's an amazing thing to think about. Habakkuk started out with some Pretty significant questions and doubts and wondering what God was doing. But when the book ends, he was at, wow, God, you're amazing. You're faithful. 
Wow. And we're going to look at throughout the course of our study, getting from why to wow. And I hope that will be an encouragement to you. So open your books this morning, your Bibles this morning, if you will, to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Now, if you'll look at your Bible and uh, if you write in the middle of it and you turn back uh, just a little bit, that's about where Habakkuk is. Or if between the Old and the New Testament, go back four books and Habakkuk is found right there, the eighth minor prophet that's listed of the 12 at the end of the Old Testament. And we're going to take a look at Habakkuk over the course of these next few weeks. Now, Habakkuk was an Old Testament prophet. And Old Testament prophets uh, were usually given a message by God to take to the people of Israel. And the reason was usually that Israel had fallen into sin. They had chosen not to follow God. They had chosen maybe a God of one of the enemy nations or the ungodly people around them. And as a result, they'd fallen into sin. And God had given, would give a prophet a message to take to the people of Israel and say, you've sinned and you need to repent. You need to come back to God because if you don't, you will experience the judgment of God on your sin. Now that's what the usual Old Testament prophet would be doing, but Habakkuk was a little different. Habakkuk, as we find, did not speak for God to the people. God had not given Habakkuk a message to deliver to the people at that point. He didn't speak for God to the people, but rather spoke to God about the people. Habakkuk had some questions. He had some concerns. And he was speaking to God because his concerns were about the Israelites. Actually, he was talking about the southern kingdom, the two tribes of Judah. And that's what Habakkuk's concern was. In fact, his concern as he asked God, he, he wondered why was God not doing what he had promised to do? God had made a covenant with the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel had agreed to that covenant. And that is that they would follow God that they would not pursue the gods of the other nations, but they would love the Lord their God, the one and only God. And at this point, they weren't doing that. And Habakkuk is wondering, God, why aren't you being faithful to your promise to deal with the sin of Judah? And so as we begin the book of Habakkuk, we, we look at the first two chapters, three chapters in this book. The first two chapters are, are, consist of two questions that Habakkuk has for God and then two answers that God gives to him. The first question that Habakkuk asks is simply this, found in, in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 3. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? You see, Judah, the nation of Israel's southern kingdom, was not following God. Now, not all of them, but there were enough Israelites there who were not obeying God, who, who were doing wrong. 
And Habakkuk's concern is, God, why do you tolerate wrongdoing, injustice? Why are you putting up with the sin? Why aren't you doing something about their sin as you promised that you would do? And, and, and the Lord says, as he moves on to verse 5 of chapter 1, he answers, just watch. Just watch what I'm going to do. And in verse 5, God says, the Lord says to Habakkuk, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something. He's saying, Habakkuk, hey, just watch me. I'm going to do something. In fact, he says, I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Something that you wouldn't believe, Habakkuk. God says, I'll take care of this. And he goes on to tell him, he says, I'm raising up that ungodly, heathen, terrible nation of Babylon, the empire to destroy the, the, the southern tribes of Judah, to deal with their sin, to bring judgment on Judah because of their sin. That's what I'm going to do for them. Well, Habakkuk has another question. The second question here in these first two chapters. And he turns to God when God tells him that he, he's going to use Babylon to judge Israel. Habakkuk says, why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Now, who's Habakkuk talking about? Well, he says, when the wicked, he's talking about Babylon, that ungodly, heathen empire, the Babylonian empire. They're the wicked. And he says, why are you silent while the Babylonians swallow up those more righteous than the Babylonians? Who is that? He's talking about the Israelites. He's talking about the two tribes of Judah. He's saying, you are letting Babylon defeat or judge Israel? He says why Babylon is more wicked, more than, than, than the, the righteous who are in Judah. Now, there weren't a lot at that point because Habakkuk has already complained to God about God's needing to judge the sin of Judah. But he's saying they're more wicked and, than the ones that you're trying to judge. What in the world, God? Before that, he says, oh, God, my holy one, as bad as Judah is. They're more righteous than Babylon. What in the world? Well, then God gives a pretty long answer. Beginning there in uh, the beginning of chapter 2, starting at verse 2 and moving through the end of the chapter. But we come to verse 4, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. And mark this down. Circle it or highlight it or underline it, whatever you do in marking your Bible, or if you're taking notes today, write down Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 as the key verse in the book of Habakkuk. That's where we're going to focus our attention, and, and everything kind of revolves around the key verse. The theme is found here in chapter 2 and verse 4. See the enemy is puffed up, Babylon. They are puffed up, proud people. And uh, uh, God took the time to show and talk about their 
pride at the end of chapter 1. But here it is, they're puffed up. His desires are not upright. They're evil. They're sinful. The, Babylon, the Babylonian empire, their armies are. But the righteous person, the one who knows that Jesus died in our place for our sin. Now, at that point, that wasn't, it was faith in God and what he said. But we know a righteous person, the righteous person will live by his faithfulness or his faith. There it is. That's how you get from why at the beginning of chapter 1 to the wow at the end of chapter 3. The righteous person will live by his faith. That's critical. We're going to talk about how to do that over the course of our study of the book of Habakkuk. It is very important that we understand what God has to say about living by faith. And as we talk about that, you know, I, I get that that sounds so trite. It sounds so routine. It sounds so academic. Maybe that's just like the, the answer, you know, take two aspirin, call me in the morning, read a couple of verses, read this verse, everything will be all right in the morning. I, I don't want you to, to look at it that way. I want you to understand from the prophet Habakkuk how he dealt with his questions of why and how he got to the point that he could look at the end of those three chapters and go, wow, God, this is amazing. It happens when we live by faith. Now, I know that's one of those things that many times is easier said than done. But we're going to take the time to figure out how Habakkuk got from why to wow. And so, as we look at this, uh, what do we do? Where do we go from there? And uh, I, I, I want to say to you this morning that, that we're going to look just at the text. Because what do we do with all of this? The questions that Habakkuk had, the answers that God gave, well, the application for us, the thing that we need to zero in on, it not just know in our heads but practice in our living, is found in chapter 3. And the text that we look at really is there, and, and we're going to get the answer. How do we apply this truth? How do we do that? Well, look at, look at the, the last two verses of Habakkuk chapter 3. And here it is. Habakkuk concludes after, after asking his questions, after listening to the answers, and then going on chapter 3, which is a, a, a song that contains a prayer of praise to God for who he is and what he's done. And he says, even though I lose everything, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. You know, we talk a lot about the sovereignty of God in days like we're living in, don't we? And we should. Because the sovereign Lord is the all-powerful, in-charge God who loves us and gave his son for us. And it is the sovereign Lord who must be 
our strength. This is the key. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And as you talk about the deer who walked through the mountains, and, and sometimes you get up to the jagged tops or the peaks of those mountains, and footing is, is uncertain, and how to navigate the difficulty of all of that. Habakkuk says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer who, who just very easily walks along because that's the strength of God. That's the God who Habakkuk says, even though I lose everything and I have nothing, I will rejoice and be joyful in God, my Savior. Wow. Wow. That's a whole lot different than just take two aspirin and call me in the morning, isn't it? That's not what Habakkuk has learned, and we're going to learn with him as we go through this. Now, I want to challenge you that living by faith, I, I, I've thought about this and tried to put down a, a statement of, of what that might be, because here again, the righteous person will live by his faith. But he, here's this, living by faith is a journey you take without knowing what's around the next corner. Do you kind of feel a little like that maybe? Okay, we're getting through this, but sometimes as you watch the updates on the news, uh, there's a different turn than was anticipated. And so living by faith is a journey you take without knowing what's around the next corner, but believing no matter what is there, God will bring you through it and you will be better for it. That, that is what Habakkuk learned. That is what living by faith is all about. See, the idea of this is that God has an agenda for your life and for my life. He's got a plan. It's all written out. And we need to trust him enough to get on the same page as God is. Sometimes we, we develop in these difficult times our own plan, our own strategy, our own agenda. And then we wonder why we struggle with fear and doubt and, and anxiety and depression and hopelessness when we're not on the same page as our God, when we're not following the agenda that he has laid out for us. If you're a Jesus follower, a Christ follower this morning, you need to live by faith, to be faithful to the truth of who God is and what he's promised to us. And we're going to learn together how to do that, how to live by faith. I think sometimes we are, as a church, guilty of quoting scripture and, and just, hey, you need to live by faith, but never talk about how we do that. And, and it's amazing here. Habakkuk is very clear, this book. God is very clear about how we can live by faith, how we can get from why to wow. And we're going to do that. Now, let me suggest a couple of things over the course of our study that will help you. I want to suggest to you, first of all, that you read Habakkuk once a day. 
for the duration of our study. You say, oh man, that's a lot of reading. No, it's not really. You can read it in less than 10 minutes. I've done it numerous times and timed it, so I know. You can read it, and I take my time even and, and go back and read over verses. So you can read, and I want to challenge you to read the book of Habakkuk once a day until we're done our study together. And then I want you to listen. I want you to listen to what God has to say. I want you to read prayerfully and, and listen to the Spirit of God as He brings these truths into your heart and into your mind. And then I also want you to listen. We started something new this week, and I don't know if you picked up on it. If you receive our regular email, we have sent out uh, for a number of months now, actually quite a while, a playlist of songs just for you to listen to that will encourage you to worship God and, 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 and get the spirit of, of what we're doing. But we tried something new this week, and we put together a playlist of just five songs. Some of them are in a video form, and the links are right on the email. We're going to be putting that out each Wednesday and Friday for you. And you can click on that link either for um, a YouTube or Facebook, and uh, it will take you right to the playlist, and the songs are specifically chosen to help you prepare for the message that week. So I hope you would do that, but if you didn't, if you missed the songs this week, take the opportunity to, to listen and allow your heart to be encouraged and ministered to because each of those five songs has some great biblical truth that, that will encourage your heart and mind in these difficult days. And uh, I want you to pursue that as, as we move forward. So read each day, once a day, the book of Habakkuk. Listen to the, what the Spirit of God has to say. And then take the opportunity to listen to the songs that we put in the playlist for you. Now, as we wrap things up this morning, we, we've given you an overview of the book of Habakkuk, just three short chapters. And we're going to spend the next few weeks talking through, teaching through, preaching through what that's all about so that you can get from why to wow. But the, the key is that we live by faith. The righteous person will live by faith. Let me leave this quote with you. I was reading New Morning Mercies uh, the other day. We talk a lot about that. Paul David Tripp's uh, daily morning uh, uh, study in the Word of God. And he says this, if God intended for all the days of your life to be easy, they would be. Right? Do you ever think about that? If that's what God intended, it would happen. But no, in grace, God intends for your days to be his tools of refinement. He's saying that the difficulties that come into our lives on a daily basis or a weekly or how often that, may, that you may feel they come, God is using those difficult days as a means of refining you. Of, of knocking off the rough edges, of, as our mission, helping you to become more like Jesus. 
And then, he, and then he goes on and he says, I am deeply persuaded that many of us struggle with questions of God's goodness, faithfulness, and love. Have you been there? Have you wondered? Have you questioned? And, and, and he says the questions of all of those things, not because God has been unfaithful to any promise in any way. That's impossible. God is not unfaithful. We know that, but because we simply are not on his agenda page. I mentioned that just a, l- a little bit ago. We need to be ready and willing to get on the same page as God, to follow his agenda for our lives. And you know where that's found? Right here, right here in his word that he's given to us. And we're going to study through these three chapters of the book of Habakkuk to understand God's agenda for our lives. We've got to be on the same page. Hey, just just think with me. What would happen if we all came out on the other side of this virus thing rejoicing in God our Savior? with a renewed commitment to live every moment of every day by his faith, our faith. Wouldn't, ah, wouldn't that be amazing? That all of us, that we as a church, that maybe you who are listening in as guests today, as visitors, would come out on the other side of this coronavirus rejoicing in what God, our Savior, has done in our lives and renewed in our commitment to live our lives by faith in God alone. That would be an amazing thing. That would be a wonderful thing. When we gather back together again in this auditorium, wow, things will be different. And so here it is. The righteous person will live by his faith. Now I have to say one thing as we close this morning. If you're with us and you don't know God, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You may not even know that Jesus died in your place for your sins so that you could be forgiven, so that you would not have to spend eternity separated from God in hell, but so that you could learn to rejoice in God your Savior and find that sovereign Lord as your strength, even when you have nothing. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, you can simply Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Acknowledge, admit to your sin and that it is Jesus alone who will forgive you and change your life. If you'd like to know more about how you can know Jesus, right on our webpage, there's a a little opportunity on a form to complete that will help you to tell us about questions you may have or how you can know more 
about how to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Are you interested in moving from why to wow? Join us next week as we dig in to Habakkuk chapter 1. Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus this morning. Thank you that we're not alone. God, it's all right to have questions. It's all right to wonder. It's all right to doubt. It's fear sometimes. It's legitimate fear that we need to have. We need to, we need to respect this virus and do the things that we've been encouraged to do to keep, keep ourselves healthy. But God, help us to put our faith not in that virus and what it can and will do but to put it in you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we work through these questions, as we get from why to wow, God, would you in these days wow us with who you are and all that you've done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And if there are any listening in, watching this morning, who do not know Jesus, I pray, God, that you would bring them to yourself today. Forgive their sin as they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.